Welcome back to the O'Melveny Podcast. Today's topic is one that's near and dear to our hearts here at O'Melveny, and that's writing. And I have two very important guests with me. Rich Getz, he's the co-chair of O'Melveny's litigation department, happens to be in New York today. He serves on the firm's policy committee, and he's also a trial lawyer. Welcome, Rich. Thank you, great to be here. And on the phone, Jesse Katz. Jesse, thank you for joining us. It is early in Los Angeles where you are. so Jesse is an editor in our Los Angeles office, and that is not a standard uh, job title uh, at a lot of law firms, but uh, as we'll talk more about, it is uh, here at O'Melveny. Uh, Jesse is a, an award-winning journalist, a published author, and a writing teacher who spent 15 years at the Los Angeles Times as a reporter and nine years at Los Angeles Magazine as a senior editor. Jesse also shared in two Pulitzer Prizes for coverage of the 1992 LA riots and the 1994 Northridge earthquake. So, Jesse, thank you very much for joining us. It's great to be with you. I think you might have just uh, shown how old I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, why don't I start with with you, Rich, um, and just talk about legal writing uh, in general. Of all the skills that a lawyer has, uh, where do you rank writing? That's a tough question, but uh, obviously way towards the top. Uh, You've got to be creative, you've got to have legal reasoning, you've got to love the law, but you've got to be a great writer to do what we do. It's one of the principal services we deliver to our clients. And why is it so important, both to our clients uh, and to the practice of law here at O'Melveny? You have to persuade, I'm a litigator, so it's certainly most important in litigation, and you have to persuade people of your position in litigation, and you can't do that if you don't write well. Rich, when did you start at the firm? Now you're starting to really date people. I (laughs) I just wanted to make Jesse feel a little better. (laughs) I've been at the firm 35 years. And did you start as a summer associate? I started as a summer associate, yes. You could talk a little bit about um, how the firm tries to help associates develop their writing skills at a, at a broad level. Obviously, we're going we're gonna to hear from Jesse, who's a, a very important um, aspect of that. But the firm does a lot to, to help associates from, from day one um, develop as persuasive and clear writers. And I wonder, from your perspective, how you think that goes and what, what are the most important aspects of what the firm does to help an associate develop? Well, we have formal training programs, of course, uh, and Jesse has supplemented those and now leads those uh, training programs, and that's very important. Uh, we've had those since I started, but really the most important way we have over the years taught persuasive writing is, as I learned, uh, partners or, or, or counsel or whoever you've written for sits down with you and walks you through what you've produced and explains how to make it simpler, clearer, uh, more focused and uh, potentially more creative and persuasive. So Jesse, tell us a little bit about your career before Melvaney. I mentioned it at the at the outset, but maybe you could fill in a little bit of the outline with some color as to what you were doing before joining the law firm. Yeah, well, as you as you mentioned in your introduction, I, I did have a long um, and productive career uh, as a as a journalist. I, I spent 15 years uh, at the LA Times, uh, where I covered all sorts of uh, natural. 
disasters and the LA riots. Um, I was for a period of time the gang reporter for the LA Times, which um, says something about uh, the state of our our city at that time uh, in the early 90s uh, and how rampant uh, crime and drug and gang issues were. Uh, and I eventually, I spent 15 years there and then I moved to Los Angeles Magazine, uh, our city monthly here, and spent nine years on staff uh, there doing um, you know all sorts of stories that ranged from sports to food to celebrity to investigative work. Had you... And what made you sort of interested in working with a bunch of lawyers? I mean, other than other than the fact that you know you were looking for your next sort of chapter in your career, um, was there anything about working with lawyers that immediately attracted you or, or made sense, or was it just you know it's a job? Well, um, I think there's two answers to that. There was something specifically about O'Melveny that appealed to me. Uh, and again, this goes back to um, the introduction, but you know, I was, I was part of uh, a team of reporters that covered uh, the, uh, the, the police beating of Rodney King here in 1991, and that would have later erupt into the riots in 1992. And, uh, you know, the former chair of our firm, our guiding light, Warren Christopher, was, um, you know, instrumental in helping to reform the LAPD and sort of guide guide the city forward out of one of its most tumultuous chapters. And uh, I, I recently dug up a, a story from the LA Times in 1992 where a, a very young Jesse Katz uh, actually interviewed Warren Christopher for wow. a story about um, his work reforming uh, the LAPD. It was a, um, I think like a status report on the Christopher Commission's, uh, you know, investigation. And so for 25 years, I've kind of known about the firm and thought of it as a sort of a pillar of civic life and, and uh, you know, an organization deeply involved in, in justice. And so um, I'm not sure I would have responded as readily as I did to the job posting had it been another, another firm, a generic big law firm. Uh, O'Melveny actually meant something uh, to me personally. Um, but you know, I knew I knew it would be an environment that was filled with brilliant, uh, high-achieving people who would um, you know keep me on my toes and force me to uh, really think um, through maybe some some aspects of of my craft that I had taken for granted, or you know had just sort of um, you know uh, I guess kind of assimilated over many years. Uh, but that I was going to have to apply it in a, in a new environment and um, and think more about how it was going to fit in to uh, to the practice of law. You know, if I, if I might add, Alan and, and Jesse, we, we very much wanted a non-lawyer for this position. We wanted somebody who didn't think like a lawyer, who didn't write like a lawyer, to challenge us on the habits we fall into writing as lawyers. And that's a huge role Jesse has filled. Had you read much legal writing? Jesse, in your role as a journalist, I mean, did you look at legal briefs, for example, when you were um, doing investigative work or other court filings? I, I mean, I, I definitely dug through court files, um, 
you know, I, I didn't really cover courts, but because there was a criminal justice aspect to my reporting, um, yeah, probably more in, in uh, you know, um, appellate briefs in the maybe the habeas context. Um, but I really was not steeped in legal writing, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. And and as as Rich said, I think, um, or I've tried to use my inexperience in that world as an asset here um, and ask a lot of sometimes, you know, um, basic questions, dumb questions, uh, where uh, to make sure that I can understand uh, the point of our argument. Uh, and I, I like to think that through that questioning and, and maybe challenging some of our conventions and traditions that um, a, a more uh, thought through and uh, clearly developed you know, uh, work product emerges. I think there's sometimes a misunderstanding or perception about what the role of an editor is, um, and, and that may go back to some of the resistance that you were referring to, Rich. Right. We, we, part of the fear was that Jesse, or wh- whomever we hired, would just bring shocking headlines to the briefs and, and, and sensationalism. And, and, uh, and uh, there's actually part of, then that's certainly not what he's, he's done, but part of what he's done, uh, Alan, as you suggest, is to help people remember you need to tell a story in many of your, of your written work uh, submissions. You need to be interesting to somebody other than yourself, and and um, and and when we talk with Jesse and he helps us frame our written work, he helps us remember that that for the broader audience, uh, you might want to structure it this way or that because it'll simply flow better, but it also be more interesting. Jesse, how do you typically get involved in matters at O'Melveny? Well, there there's a number of, of kind of avenues uh, into a brief or a motion. Um, sometimes it will be a, a partner who um, has decided that I fit really well into his or her work process and, uh, and will ask uh, an associate or a counsel uh, to uh, include me in the drafting process, uh, maybe from the very beginning. Uh, and so I, I might be working with a a fairly junior associate in in really constructing the brief and um, uh, collaborating so that by the time it works its way up the, the food chain and gets to you know somebody like Rich's desk um, that uh, you know he's looking at a fairly uh, well developed and polished piece of writing. Uh, but sometimes it'll be the other way around. Maybe it's a it's a, a document that has gone through many many hands and is on version you know 23, and uh, but it needs to go out the door the next day. And somebody says you know let's have Jesse take another look at it and and make sure this all makes sense and and that all the cooks in the kitchen are sort of um, you know working in the same direction and that the the entirety of the document is, is consistent. Uh, but the reality is uh, nobody has to use me. Uh, you know, we are, we are a very non-hierarchical place, so there's, there's no edict from above that says you must use the editor. Uh, I, am, I am a resource that's, uh, that's available really to anybody at the firm. And, um, you know, it's, it's really up to people to 
decide that um, that I might uh, be an asset to either either the the document that they're working on at that moment, or maybe their own professional development. I'll I'll have people knock on my door and, and want to schedule time with me just to talk about writing and uh, different approaches, or they may have even received some feedback from a more senior person that um, their their writing could use improvement and, and they they ask for help. Um, you know where where to begin? How how do I develop my writing? Jesse's been very good at that. We uh, we allow folks to work with Jesse anonymously. He doesn't give reviews uh, to to the firm on someone's writing. He just works with our lawyers to to make them better writers. And that's true at all levels. Particularly true though at, at the most junior levels. Jesse, what are some of the important similarities uh, between non legal writing? And legal writing. Well, I guess that you know the first thing is to have a story, as Rich mentioned. I, I often give presentations where I, I, I sort of distinguish between um, the facts, the law, and then the story we're telling. Um, there's there's a there's a creative leap that goes on where you know you you are st- always going to be tethered to the facts, and you can't change the law. But the, but the story we tell is, is greater than either one of those things. And it's, it's learning how to use that information towards, uh, towards a certain end. And I think that's what journalists do too. They're, it's, it's, it's whatever details you find, whatever observations you make, shouldn't be in there just to fill up space. It's to, uh, it's to illuminate something and, and guide a reader uh, forward, uh, and I think the best uh, writers, um, whether it's journalism or or the law, um, you know, have an ability to take a really complicated set of facts, the the, the messiness of of real life and and contentious issues, and uh, simplify it uh, and make it accessible without uh, without being simplistic about it, right? You know, without dumbing it down. Um, but um, which, which I think is a, is, a, is, a, is a real challenge. It's so easy to be overwhelmed by complexity, by all the different uh, nuances and, and caveats of, of whatever, whatever we encounter out in, out in the world, uh, and to sort of cut through that and focus on the elements that, that really matter. Um, I think good legal writing, good non-legal writing, What's the biggest mistake that you see writers make most often, um, either, I guess, focusing on, on legal writing, whether it's, you know, from, from junior associates on up, on up to partners. We are all here at O'Melveny, I think, very conscious of the fact that our writing is a, is a work of, in progress and, and needs continual improvement and feedback and evaluation uh, because it can always get better. I'm curious, from, from your perspective, Jesse, what are some of the mistakes that you see uh, lawyers make that we should sort of be conscious of and try to iron out of our of our drafts? Yeah, well, there's I can answer that on, on many different levels. As, as <laughs> yeah, I'm mentioned. sure many. You know, I, I wear a lot of you know three or four or five different hats. So uh, when I'm looking at a piece of writing, I'm thinking about it, um, and through that big picture 
uh, creativity lens uh, and all the way down to the minutia of you know grammar and punctuation and typography and, and everything in between. Um, but I, I guess I, the thing that I see over and over again um, that just seems, and it's not unique to law. It's really, it's really true in any profession that has that specializes in, in something. Um, there's, it's very easy to be cursed by your knowledge, and the more expertise you have in something, um, the harder it is to remember what it's like not to have that expertise, and so. Our, our, our lawyers uh, are incredibly skilled at finding out the answer to something, but uh, it's a different set of muscles to then explain that answer to somebody who might not have uh, your same level of, of specialization or focus. So we go, we go down that rabbit hole uh, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, research and analyze and make brilliant arguments uh, based on the facts and the law, but you have to be able to emerge from that rabbit hole and explain it all without dragging somebody back into that rabbit hole who doesn't want to go down there with you. Uh, they just want to know uh, what's important. And yeah. so I think it's helping people sort of figure out that, that the answer is something different and a different set of muscles than the work that goes into finding the answer. Jesse, if, if you were giving advice to a, a junior lawyer, summer associate, or uh, associate starting out at the firm, uh, what would you advise them to either read or, um, or practice to improve their writing from the beginning? Well, I'd want to make sure that they are reading um, non-legal materials. Uh, I find uh, in conversations with my colleagues that uh, during the intensity of law school, um, they, they uh, and, and processing so much information and reading so many cases um, that they, they often emerge from law school feeling that their writing skills degraded <laughs> during that time. Uh, and they, they often want to recover um, some, of, some of the dexterity and, and joy in writing that they may have experienced as, a, as an undergrad or even in high school. And so um, I, I always want them to kind of embrace the, the, love, of, of the love of the English language and, and you know, remind them to read you know, excellent magazines like you know, the New Yorker, The Economist, or, or LA Magazine, and, um, and be reminded that uh, you know, there, there are ways, there are, are techniques and um, uh, skills to taking these complicated ideas that reporters dive into uh, and yet making them more accessible. And I, I, I wanna say too that I, I find that the more senior people at O'Melveny uh, sometimes surprise me with how um, almost conversational their writing can become. It's like, it's like once you've gone through the experience of, of showing that you can uh, write like a lawyer and sound authoritative, uh, you almost like come back out on the other side and, and realize you don't have to, um, you know, sort of sh show off those, um, 
you know, terms of art in the same way. And uh, and I'm, you know, I've, I've I've seen some of Rich's writing, for instance, and I I'm I'm sort of amazed that you can I don't know how else to say this, but kind of get away with being as sort of straightforward and um, kind of authentic in your voice uh, in terms of explaining some some really complicated ideas. I've always had a theory that well-written movie reviews are very applicable to some of the writing that we do. Um, more sort of discovery letters, things, you know, short letters to the court, because if you, if you notice, they are tight, they have a point of view, and you know, they provide enough information to educate the reader without having to dive into every last detail. Um, so I, I, it's, I enjoy reading movie reviews, even though these days I have little kids. I don't see a lot of movies in the theater. Well, we know which reviews you're reading. You <laughs> exactly. Kids. Yeah. Um, but I, but I think it's a great yeah, well, point. I, I love, I love that analogy, uh, Alan, because it, it, what, what strikes me about that is the reviewer needs to, in, to some degree, address what the, what the plot is, right? You know, started to give away some of the mechanics of the movie, but that's not really the point of the review. The point of the review is why should you care? You know, why, right. where, what context does this film fit into? What's the, what's the story behind the story? And, um, and I think that's uh, our best legal writing also captures that too. It, it, it zeroes in on what the stakes are and, and why this matters. And, and I think it's sometimes easy to get caught up in the, um, you know, sort of the, the dueling case law or even some of the, the, the more, um, you know, fiery rhetoric about things being manifestly this and patently that and, and sort of forgetting that the, the, the reader, the court, doesn't care about that stuff. It really wants to know what's the right thing to do here. You know, what's the, in my gut, uh, how should I be ruling? And, and, and you've got to be able to explain um, what's at stake. That's really a good point. It's really important to explain not just what the law is, but why it's right and why it's right in your circumstances. And it's not uh, always present in briefs. Why, why should the judge feel uh, that this is not just legally correct and sometimes that's all you've got. <laughs> but uh, often it's, and here's why the law is the way it is. Rich, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about whether Jesse's role is standard in the marketplace um, and as sort of a secondary point, whether you see this role as one that will continue at O'Melveny and continue to be a resource for associates here and partners. It's not standard. I don't know of any other firm that's done it. It is... Uh, it is something that we're actually expanding on. Um, we certainly hope Jesse stays forever, and uh, Jesse's helping us right now hire two more people in this role. Just like last time, we are getting a lot of interest from people who are very experienced writers, um, and Jesse's looking through that. So we'll, we'll we'll probably hire another person on the West Coast and another person on the East Coast. I don't think uh, that's the end of the day either. I think. We will continue to hire, but we've been very careful to do it um, 
with del deliberation to make sure that we work people in and we have a comfort level, people really trust Jesse and they trust Jesse with their careers and with their work product. And that's very important that, that, that we have people who can develop that trust. How do clients react when they hear about they Jesse's role? They love it. They love it. They love the fact that uh, their briefs are being edited by two-time Pulitzer Prize winner, and we charge less for Jesse than we than we do for our, for uh, many of our lawyers or for all of our lawyers. So uh, it's a good value proposition for them too. But they like the fact that Jesse brings this outside expertise, and once they see his work product, once they see the collaborative product that comes out of working with Jesse, they're, they're thrilled. So I've never had any anything but very positive reactions from clients. Clients are looking for creativity in not just legal work product, what, what, we're, what we're in essence selling to them, what services we're delivering, but how we're doing it. How we, how we, are we rethinking how we're doing it? And just as Jesse says, you need to rethink how you're writing, we always need to be rethinking how we're practicing as lawyers. And Jesse's a great part and example of how we do that on Melvinian. I think too about the, the context of when this job was created, um, and Rich, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but probably in late 2009, the, the, the thinking sort of coalesced around this role, and I believe the job was posted in the beginning of 2010. Um, that was not a time in American business when companies were uh, expanding and experimenting. You know, it was it was a time of retrenchment um, all across the board, and you know that that the the, the lesson or the opportunity that O'Melveny saw in the wake of this financial catastrophe uh, that was you know a, a global event. Um, that 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 this became an opportunity to try something new, to do something different, to innovate where others were um, uh, just belt tightening, and um, I, I think that says a lot about the the openness of this place and why the editor's role um, has has survived here and and is now expanding because uh, we were we we're willing to go against uh, the current in a lot of ways. Well, I think that's a great place to, to end. I want to thank you both for uh, taking time to talk to us. Legal writing is, is uh, taken very seriously here. And then, uh, Jesse, thanks to, to your contributions, I think we're, we're all better writers. So thanks for joining today. Thank you. Thanks.